Hey everybody, this is Tanner, the editor here again, because I regret to inform you that once again we have had technical difficulties. I don't know why this has happened twice so close together, but I choose to blame Gremlins. But yeah, uh, Jenny's track is not great. Um, once again, I've done as best I can to make it as listenable as possible, but it does kind of sound like she's underwater. And there were a few parts where it just straight up cut out, so there will be like, I think, two times where I pop in and say, hey, here's what Jenny said. The microphone sure didn't pick it up, though. Um, but yeah, please give this episode a listen as best you can, because we had some fun recording it, as always, when we have guests. And yeah, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and joining us this week for the grand finale of our Guestapalooza 2021, <laughs> we have Jenny the Geek. Hello, Jenny. Hi. Feel free to introduce yourself and your pronouns and your vibes and what you have brought to the table <laughs> oh um i am she her uh i do things i guess i run a podcast called cartoon contrast broadcast with my girlfriend um and i have a youtube channel called Jenny the Geek. uh and today uh i am bringing you the well, I guess the Marvel Cinematic Extended Universe. Oh my gosh! Of course, extended phases. It's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> what an undertaking to try and take in an hour ish. We can do this. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> basically my pitch is going to be. Uh, well, first, I don't think we're going to do the Netflix shows. And the ABC shows, neither. Or the Hulu shows. No, but I love, I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> My girlfriend loves Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be missed. All the gays love Chloe Bennett. But yeah, uh, I'm pitching a publishing line instead. Okay. Okay. Like novels and stuff, not like a Marvel imprint. Yeah, Marvel comic inverse. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, and I think that will, um, like, get people interested in comics because of, like, you get the whole, like, big BuzzFeed type people, like, oh, guess what happened in, uh, this issue? This changes how you see the movies forever. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching this very much like the Star Wars expanded universe. Okay. Uh, yeah, now now I see what you're getting at. Because I was going to yes. say, they're all already tie-in comics for the Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. But now I get what you're saying in the sense that now there's there's like a lore. There is an actual lore bible for Star Wars that everyone's like, it has to fit into the timeline directly or you will be fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And like the MCU tie-in comics that uh came out before, well, that exist, I guess. Uh, aren't 
they don't really matter, I guess, uh, on the larger perspective. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah. Like, really, the only one I think that mattered was the comic where... It was Fury and Natasha trying to deal with like the fallout of Iron Man 2 and Hulk and Thor because yeah. they all happened within a week of each other. And also the leader showed up in that, but like he never showed back up again in the movies. Yeah, that, that one like established that like these take place in a yeah. week. And the only other one that was almost canon was a novel that like talked about Thanos' origin. But then they're like, no, 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 that's not canon. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I heard about that novel as a way of explaining where Thanos was coming from and how he got to his conclusions. (laughs) Even though Thanos is really wrong. Then there's the video games that they were like, these are canon, and then they're not. They're canon if you feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Incredible Hulk movie. (laughs) Prize in Edward Morgan. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Eric Bana one that could be considered canon if you squint. <laughs> oh yeah, that one too. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh I'll start with one of them. Uh my first one like well I should establish. Uh these will be like taking place between like phases one through three, because I think that's like, the safest area to, like, tell new stories? Yeah, all because they're, they're already established. It's a lot easier to insert stuff in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your Star Wars comment, it's really easy to um, tell new stories about the original trilogy because we've known what happened in the original trilogy for about 50 years now, so... <laughs> yeah. Um. So, my first is Captain America, the Steve Rogers years. Okay. Okay. It would basically be, like, I guess each arc would be a different era, or I guess you could do each year, like, our our real-time year is, like, an era that, that takes place in the Captain America. So, what I want to focus on is one arc or year is the uh, posts or, like, Secret Avengers thing, just, like, explain how uh Wanda and Vision and like Ant-Man like just kind of quit that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually show Wanda and Vision getting together? Yeah, like they would be that would be very cute because of they're a very cute guy. And I think like how and like got that FBI contract cuz like that's a huh that's a big deal that they kind of glossed over. It is pretty cushy yeah. in, in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. It, it probably helps that, like, he's just a, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Clint's a former super secret agent who's, like, has stuff going back to the Cold War and Ant-Man works yeah. Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> and he could be, like, the, um, just, like, like, oh, he's your perspective and all this fancy Fancy stuff. Yeah. And, like, you could expand a character because, in my opinion, Black Widow is kind of the weakest character in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, in retrospect, unfortunately, blame 
Ron Perlmutter for all of that because he was the SOB who was like, yeah, the world's not ready for female-led superhero movies, and the world is not ready for POC superhero movies. <laughs> and then they finally got rid of him. Um, Ike, Ike Perlmutter. Uh, yeah, Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> why do I keep mixing up his name with, like, Ron Perlman? I don't know why. <laughs> it's mouthfeel. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I am willing to blame Kevin Feige a little bit for Black Widow 2, just because the, in in hindsight, it feels like a lot of Natasha's backstory. They're like, oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll show you what happened in the Black Widow solo movie. She's gonna get one eventually. Mm-hmm. And now no one cares. A decade later. <laughs> I mean... I I believe that the Black Widow movie is just hinting at the fact that the Black Widow who died in Infinity War was a scroll the whole time, and this is going to end with Natasha waking up on like a scroll spaceship. But also, at this point, I don't even care about Natasha or even um, what's her name, Scarlett Johansson anymore. So you know what? Sure, she can die. She can stay dead from being thrown off the woman throwing cliff. <laughs> okay. It was almost a guy throwing off the cliff, but nope. Um. But yeah, the era I want is the World War II era, which yes, like yeah, there's that's kind of my bag. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they could have done, but uh, I really love that Captain America person. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was pitch perfect, and I'm trying right now to convince my dad that if they ever do a Helen Commandos movie, Peggy should be leading the Helen Commandos. Oh, yeah. You could do that, too. In a... <laughs> well, it, my dad... My dad is not a superhero comics fan, but he did read a lot of like the World War II set stuff. Like He read the Helen Commandos, and over on DC he read um, Sergeant Rock. And he was kind of... Like, he likes Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, but his Nick Fury, what, like, he envisioned Tommy Lee Jones playing him, so. Not David Hasselhoff? Nah. <laughs> uh, Cripe in the 70s, he'd probably be going, yeah, Arlie Ermey should be playing <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to convince him that Peggy Carter's the obvious choice for leading the Helen Commandos. Yeah. Oh, Peggy would be a good choice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, World War Two is a perfect setting because you could also do like something regarding Namor. That's what I want to include too, just the invaders because we established uh, the android human torch in the first Avenger. And we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kinda, sorta. Just, uh... Oh, look, Lindsay's <laughs> writing a fanfic all about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's... Like the final era you could do, because I think they're going to do they're going to do the Infinity movie, <laughs> like the whole end game. Well, first Steve Rogers going on his own. Uh, but yeah, something in between Winter Soldier and um, Civil War. I'm not sure what it could be about, uh, besides Steve. Like getting used to the modern era. That could be. Um, well, when they first were announcing Phase Three, before they said it was Captain America: Civil War, they faked out the audience and said it was going to be Captain America versus the Serpent Society. So maybe that could be the Serpent yeah. Society story. Mm-hmm. And 
you could include, like, oh yeah, well, of course you could, you're gonna do that, because of every failed experiment of the Super Soldier's serum is, uh, the origin story of everything. It's like, the Hulk is a Super Soldier. <laughs> yep. Well, Frick, um, if we want to bring in some stuff about the Munes, the, um, Weapon X project was kind of a related to the Super Soldier Serum project. Yeah. It was either it was either another attempt or it was just Canada's attempt. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could also do the Mad Bomb story they were going to do, but they went they decided not to. I don't think you could do it in a grand scale, but like maybe like in I don't know, like an Antarctic facility. Just they're testing the Mad Bomb device. <laughs> yeah, th- this whole publishing line is like going to be what, like, trying to get people, you know, used to comic book lore. Like, cause it's expansive and like, uh, not many good, well, by the companies saying, oh, this is good jumping off point. Like, yeah. Is it though? That's. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that we do have to fix is how comic books are distributed. Oh, but yeah. given that Diamond Distribution is going under, Yay! Disney might just do it themselves. <laughs> Disney could, like, what? <sighs> okay, so they're definitely going to need a digital side. Um, but when it comes to, like, the actual books... Disney already has, like, a publishing wing anyway. They could just fold the comic books into that. Kind of, sort of. Like, still keep the imprint and all that. And then it wouldn't be too much of a financial risk for them because they have so much other cash. Because, unfortunately, publishing is not, like, the biggest um, money generator out there. But people still like having physical copies of books. The big thing I, I want to emphasize is that it gets the comic books not just to the brick-and-mortar comic book stores, but it has to get them to places like Chapters, uh, Barnes & Noble, Walmart. Yeah. It's got to get into people's... Yeah. yeah, that's the big problem with comic books. They probably realize that not a lot of people are going to be paying like $6 for 20 pages worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could release stuff in graphic novel format, but that almost defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do here. That's true. So I think digital, at least at first, would be a good option, because there is Marvel Unlimited. You just have mm-hmm. to the average uh, person to get Marvel Unlimited. Maybe include it in a Disney Plus bundle. Yeah. Well, because that's kind of what uh, DC Universe was at first, because it wasn't just streaming a bunch of DC stuff. It was also like their equivalent of Marvel Unlimited, where you could get a bunch of DC comics. Exactly. And then they turned it into just the streaming service and then became HBO Max. <laughs> like, be a good alternative to, like, ESPN? Current <laughs> bundle is Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN, and... A lot of people aren't interested. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my second series that I'd like to pitch is, I have two possible names for this. Alright. They're A, Iron Man, The Life and Times of Tony Stark. Or B, 
Iron Man Repulsor Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these would be in between stories of Iron Man, and it wouldn't be as fast as the Captain America like publishing line because of you know, it's uh he's like got a decade Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to really focus on at least the first year slash art of this is expanding on the PTSD of Tony Stark that they introduced in Iron Man 3. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. We especially need to see the point where he went from I'm no longer Iron Man at the end of Iron Man 3 to like just the other ensuing movies. was like, actually, no, I am Iron Man completely all the time forever. Yeah, and like, they have touched on this in like the future movies, but like, it's not, it's like reading in between the lines, but like, the thing about like, well, prequel stuff and like, in between stories is like, you can like, lift up that canon. Yeah. It's like, oh, this means more than my first watch. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea of show, don't tell doesn't really work if the stuff you're showing and not telling about just makes it sound like you forgot about people's character motivations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One, like, was, like, stuck around in my head is, like, when Duck Art are on the, uh, ship in Infinity War. Like, he says, like, Thanos has been in my head for, like, 12 years. Oh, maybe, you know, it's on that. <laughs> Yeah, like, during the Battle of New York, when Tony was getting that nuke into outer space, what exactly did he see? Yeah, because he, he hasn't gone to space before, so mm-hmm. that changes a person. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I'm not sure who the villain would be. For some reason, I keep landing, because I've been binging Iron Man Armored Adventures recently, <laughs> I keep landing on, like, Lizard as a villain. Oh, that'd be fun. He's, like, the very, very but, like, like, there's a lot of B-less villains that, like, DMC was not going to use. That's one thing, uh... Well, Blizzard did appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. It's a different blizzard. It's a, it's his brother. <laughs> it's his blo- brother, Flurry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, if we're going to do this, like, Disney should provide, like, a list of things, of arcs and villains that they're just not gonna use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next series I want to do is, uh... This is Tanner from the Future. The audio track got messed up here. Jenny's next series is Spider-Man No Place Like Home. Which is a prequel series to the Civil War. So, yeah, it basically gives people what they want. This, why isn't, you know, doing New York things and just helping people out? All this series will give that to you. You just read it. Our Spider-Man here is only a baby superhero. He's got to, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got to do the training wheel stuff. And I know you said that we weren't going to really include, like, the Netflix stuff, but honestly, him interacting with the Defenders might be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Like, there's a lot. Oh, Spidey gets into a bit of trouble, and he has to go to court, 
and his lawyer is Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also with the uh his potential Spider-Man series, you would get the bad costume. <laughs> yes. Is it the bombastic bag man? Yes, the homemade costume. <laughs> <laughs> and people really like that, so just, just read it. Well, he's trying to figure out how to use Aunt May's sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> It'd also be nice just to see a little bit of Uncle Ben, because Uncle Ben has really fallen by the wayside in the movies. Yes. Yeah. I I make no secret of the fact that I'm not fond of MCU Spider-Man. Tom Holland is fine, but the way that the MCU has treated Spider-Man is just not very true to the text, I feel. Yeah, it's very true to Dan Slot Spider-Man, <laughs> unfortunately. Or fortunately, yeah. if you're Dan yeah. Slot Ben. Funny, <laughs> just... Uh... Spider-Man being Iron Man doesn't work. <laughs> but, um, I haven't chosen a villain like you could do because of, like, there's just so many Spider-Man villains. You, you gotta do the weird ones. You, you, it has to be, like, a villain team-up between <laughs> White Rabbit and Paste Pot Pete. <laughs> now, one that you could do <laughs> is Will-O-The-Wisp. I don't even know this one. So, basically, he has, like, the power of light, of course, and he has, like, um... Shadow Cat slash Kitty Pride powers. Okay. And he was essentially screwed over by Roxxon, and like this experiment that they were doing, like changed him into this new form. So I guess you could replace that with Stark Industries if you really want, but I think MCU fans are kind of tired of connecting it all to Stark. Yeah, it, it, you can connect it to Hammer Industries if you want. Maybe <laughs> that would be a nice change of pace. Instead of Peter cleaning up all of Tony's messes, is Peter cleaning up just all the capitalism messes? Yeah, and you would actually get to see Justin Hammer, which people have been begging for. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you could do that if you want. And I'm going to well, yeah. Uh, my next series I want to pitch is. Captain Marvel, so where were you? <laughs> Which is going to take place between Captain Marvel movie and her appearance in, yeah, post credit scene for Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a... I don't think they're going to cover this in Captain Marvel 2. <laughs> no, it sounds like Captain Marvel 2 is going to be modern day. Yeah. So, this is going to be her whole being in space. And since you're in space, you can connect it to like Marvels of the Galaxy and Infinity War if you would like. Mm-hmm. And Thor too. Yep. You her meet Ego. And Yandu, because of they were connected for a bit. Ooh. And yeah, but, but just like ex just exploring the space side of the Marvel Universe, and you could like expand on her character, uh, and like the scroll, like because they'd be, yeah, that's a thing that you could do, like talking about how this species, this whole entire race of people that she saw as a villain, and now she's like seeing a space road trip with them. Oh yeah, I mean that could be a, the the framing device. Even is that. She keeps running into all these people while she's escorting the scrolls to a safe haven. Yeah, this 
coming to terms with her past, like, I was a, like, warlord, <laughs> so, yeah, I need to, like, fix that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Marvel movie if someone's not doing war crimes. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that would just, I think that would make a lot of people happy. And it would, like, get people used to Captain Marvel, because of Cap I find, like, Captain Marvel, there's not really, like, a substantial foothold to get into her, because, like, if you ask anyone, it's... You get a different answer. Like, if you have uh, an X-Men fan, it's just like, oh, yeah, she's a friend of the X-Men after this thing. And if, if you ask an Avengers thing, it's like, holding collars and... <laughs> Avengers 200, cough, cough. Yeah. Um, uh. And if you, like, ask, like, a, like a, a rich... Yeah, she had, like, amnesia and stuff. And she was, like, a reporter for the Daily Beagle. It's like, she has a very good history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, surprise, surprise, if you ever wonder how, like, Rogue got her powers or a part of her powers, it was because she got into a fight with Captain Marvel that one time. Which, I could see that happening in the movies, just so that they can depower Kara a little bit, and then she's not an instant win button for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be cool to see Super Saiyan thing that Carol does. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, my final, well... Not my final pitch. My other pitch is Avengers Assembled, which I know that's a kind of basic name for Avengers series, but um, it would be best to take place after Age of Ultron. So, like, you... Well, no, I guess you couldn't do that because Thor's in space. There could be one arc that happens right after the first Avengers and then another arc that happens right after Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that like, it's delivering on the promise that they were promising us is like oh yeah these are a family but we don't really get to see them you know being a family much yeah i think the best description i said i saw someone say about it was a post that said marvel blue balled us with the found family trope <laughs> uh yeah just you know missions that they carry out I guess you could do, like, Molecule Man, but maybe that's a bit too big, because he's a good character. Well, you could have Molecule Man to start with, because he he's powerful, but he's not, like, an A-lister until you get into Secret War stuff. So yeah. you could introduce Molecule Man as just a guy that they fight, and then years down the road, because I'm sure at some point when Marvel gets to, like, Phase 7, they'll start laying the bricks for Secret Wars. Yeah. If they're not already doing it now. I think I think right now they're doing Kang the Conqueror uh, due to the fact that Kang is showing up the next Ant-Man. I think Secret mm, Wars yeah. is a, a, a bit too galaxy brain for them to bother with until they get further into the weeds. Yeah. Okay. And they still have to figure out how to fit in the Fantastic Four at some point. And, and the X-Men and mutants in general. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. these comics will be a very good vector to bring the mutants in just because the films are going to have to do so much backpedaling. In order to say, oh yeah, they've been here the whole time. <laughs> well, actually, there could be a simple explanation for that in the films. I um, oh, who was it? Luandis reads and Nando V movies have brought it up where they might just do 
Mutants have always existed within the universe. It's just after recent events, there's more stuff triggering the mutant powers. So like certain powers for a long time could go fairly unnoticed because let's say you're a speedster, but nothing has really happened to really like, boom, all of a sudden I can run faster than a car. You're just a little bit faster than everybody else or you're a little bit stronger than everybody else. Or like maybe a couple weird poltergeisty things happen around you, but otherwise there's other explanations for it. Mm. You have weird dreams, whatever. Weird stuff happens to you. Okay, whatever. But now that there's been so much crap that's been activated, you've had the Infinity Stones on Earth, you've had all of this stuff happen, a lot of people's powers have been triggered. And now, boom, all of a sudden, like, all of these mutants are all over the place. Also, you have the the obvious allegory, metaphor of, you know, mutants are... All mutants are gay. Introduce Iceman as a club kid. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, mutants are, like, they've basically been ignored by society. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want the first MCU X-Men movie to have everyone dressed in their Hellfire Gala outfits. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, if they're going to recast Emma Frost, I really want Natalie Dormer to play her. Yes. <laughs> And then have her first appearance be in the Dominatrix-inspired outfit that they put Diana Reagan <laughs> in. The Avengers TV series from back in the 60s that inspired the whole Dark Phoenix saga. Yes. <laughs> and, like, the entire reason why the mutants exist was because Stan Lee and Lee and Kirby were tired of having to come up with new backstories for everybody. And they're just like, they have powers. <laughs> <laughs> And and then the reason the depowering happened, the decimation happened, is because the, someone in publishing was like, okay, there's too many mutants. You can't just say everyone's a mutant. <laughs> People are no longer mutants. <laughs> and then a few years later, okay, now everyone's an inhuman. Uh, I feel so sorry for the inhumans. <laughs> I feel like Molecule Man could be, yeah, he could be a good start for an Avengers thing. Because Molecule Man is only as powerful as he... Like, as, like, fully inept he doesn't, he isn't. <laughs> because of, like, he's a very awkward guy <laughs> at the start. And the doctor just like, hey, come on. Be a god. <laughs> but, um, that could be a good foothold for Avengers as well. The next series that Jenny pitched was simply called After the Snap. Yeah, there's a lot that they did not cover in in game. Like the obvious is in WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, but you could do more. You can do more, you can do better. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, in a movie you only have so much time. We're not Zack Snyder here, but yeah. <laughs> but with the comic series you have plenty. <laughs> I have a feeling that they're not covering the whole the whole Hulk thing in a film because the universal rights and all that so you could cover that Um, please please give us the story of Professor Hulk Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god Hulk's the new Bill Nye the science guy (laughs) 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 that's why the kids are coming up to him asking for his autograph oh my gosh yeah 
Teacher's like, oh, I have a hangover. We're not learning anything today. Just wheels in the teacher, puts on a Bruce Banner. <laughs> it's the Bruce Banner Science Hour. <laughs> Bruce, 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 Bruce. <laughs> Inertia property of matter. <laughs> yeah, also, you did not cover, like, a space raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> We were, we were very sad about half of everyone dying, so we did not get to enjoy <laughs> Rocket going around learning about <laughs> shitty Earth food. Yeah, and also another thing, like, with Bucky being snapped, we unfortunately didn't get any good Bucky-Rocket-Raccoon <laughs> interactions. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, you can cover Carol getting used to new Earth technology. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be such a shock for her like it was for Steve, but at the same time... All of the stuff coming back up, and probably someone bugging her about '90s fashion. <laughs> I mean, Steve's from Steve's perspective, we advanced so quickly from Carol, who was already used to a lot of advanced technology because she's in space. But she'd come back and like, "Wow, you guys are still this far behind! Holy!" Oh yeah, y'all don't even have holograms. I mean, there's probably like people are gonna think, "Oh, this is gonna be a depressing series," but you know. Just like, um, like the Avengers could have like a movie night. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone is like, hey, Carol, you probably miss VHSs. And she's like, I had better. I had better in space. <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta like do something because of like Endgame portrays like the world like hasn't been doing since the snap, but like. You gotta, like, fill in that depression somehow. <laughs> yeah, um, what I'd like for, like, these multiple series is possibly getting, like, more, like, indie people, like, new voices. <laughs> so you don't, like, get in the trap of, like, you don't extend your Marvel writers, and you don't like, get in the trap of having it be too similar to the current continuity, but there is, uh, I'm gonna bend the rules a bit, (laughs) and I might be right. If they do bring in the, uh, past X-Men films of the continuity, um, I would like to see a comment about the, like, 90s X-Men. There's a fan base for those versions of the characters, and yeah. there and there is a lot of continuity for X Men that you can like make it easier to understand, and maybe do a better Dark Phoenix arc because honestly, trying to cram it into one film does not work. It really does need to be built up. It's one of those big events. Yeah. I mean, the original X-Men trilogy had more or better build-up to it than the new ones. I mean, I'm in the very, very, very small minority that really likes Dark Phoenix. But, um, yeah, if you're going to do... (laughs) I'm I'm not going to judge you. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to do the Dark Phoenix saga, you could, like, you could still include the Dark Phoenix film into continuity. But, like, you could cover her coming back <laughs> to, uh, Earth. 
Yeah. Okay. And like uh, that would be a little similar to Captain Marvel. Yeah. A little similar, but you also throw in a bit of cloning troubles with uh, Madeline Pryor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lindsay really wants her Madeline Pryor movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you could have, like, the U.S. government, like, oh, we can't trust these darn mutants. We're gonna, like, clone the most hunts. <laughs> with the help of this mad scientist, Dr. Nathaniel Essex. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. Nothing. <laughs> Dr. Essex, who made a deal with Apocalypse back in the 1800s for immortality. <laughs> no, I am not making this up. <laughs> And they did establish uh, Essex in Logan and uh, Apocalypse. And they did Tony thing mm-hmm. in Logan. So, like, you yep. build up to Logan with the, this 90s X-Men comic. And um, you also can do Juggernaut if you want, because they're apparently brothers in the new timeline. And you know what? It's not likely that Hugh Jackman is going to come back as Logan. So maybe this could be a way to, again, with the whole cloning thing, or just like find a way to excuse yourself so that like the casting of the new Logan isn't too jarring. Yeah, this series could like, if we put Wolverine in it, sell some more. But also it would satisfy the people who are like, Hugh Jackman though. (laughs) Also, another thing with Wolverine that I would like to see happen is one that does track his story from when he was young in the 1880s to today, and he takes part in various historical events. Like, yeah, that's always part of the montage of Logan's past, but like, I would like to just see something and have a Canadian write it because he is a Canadian (laughs) character and integrate him more with Canadian history. Yeah. (laughs) Please and thank you. Um, I, that can be a series too, and like you can see the suit that people have been wanting mm-hmm. very badly, and you don't have an excuse now because of it's a comic book, so you don't have to like change it that much, and it's not going to look weird on the screen. Yeah, well, they have less of an excuse now because costuming technology is far better than it used to be. Yeah, the final series I want to pitch is. Days of Future Past, because there's a lot of unanswered questions with that movie. So like, how does Wolverine know Quicksilver? How did uh, Kitty Pride get these powers? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> I didn't even question that when I saw it. <laughs> Most people are like, oh, it's like a second mutation. Just walking through walls and time travel. <laughs> you get that? Uh, and you could see, like, a whole Quicksilver and Wolverine. That could be fun. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my pitch. Disney, I'll be, uh, taking my paycheck. <laughs> Honestly, Disney, just hire a whole bunch of us to write comics for you, okay? Exactly. You know, you know, I would pitch an Inhumans one, but honestly, that needs a whole episode on its own. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else anyone feels like they can add to these comics? Well, the obvious give us a give us a season three comic wrap up for Agent Carter. Oh yeah. Yes. They, you know they've floated the idea of wrapping up her story on Disney Plus a few times. I think. Yeah. I wonder if it's just like actor availability. Maybe. I don't know. Is is she busy? Uh, she could be. She is in What If, I think. Everyone's in What If. What If was recorded like two years ago. Chadwick Boseman is in What If. 
Oh, she has a podcast. Oh. In 2020, Atwell began hosting the podcast series True Spies, which aims to give an insight into the world of espionage by asking listeners what they would do in real-life spy situations. Oh. Cool. She is also currently filming two Mission Impossible movies. Oh. Oh, cool. But yeah, so I guess I don't sound like as bizarre as I do when I ask Prince Harry to come on my Glee podcast when I say, hey, Haley Atwell, <laughs> come on our podcast. <laughs> But if we have reached the end of our rope here, then I think I <clears throat> I'm here to talk to you about the Friendship Promo Initiative. Good morning, Agent Phillips. In a time when things are at their bleak, a terrorist could shut down airport control towers or nuclear power plants when villains threaten every corner of the globe. Some of the most <laughs> dangerous people in the world. Only one man has the skills, the wit, and the talent to save us all. The greatest man who ever lived. Secret Agent Chet Phillips. Chet Phillips. Where is Chet Phillips? You know what? Nope. 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 I don't even want to hear the rest. For the first time in agency history, Agent Phillips has declined a mission. Yes! Mission rejected. The adventures of the world's most secret agents. The backups. Skip Granger, master of the code word. Why don't blind people go skydiving? Because it frightens the dog. Mackenzie McGrath, computer genius and identity thief. I'd also like to just point out that my part in your plan seems to be to use $5 million worth of state-of-the-art equipment to change a postage stamp. Bowden Moncrief, actor and master impersonator. You know, I heard from my agent that they're interested in me for the 12th Angry Man at the Don Rickles Dinner Arena. Gloria, former White House intern. Do you see the tiny dots on the coffee cups? It's a ternary code I invented. This one's Earl Grey with half and half. When the hero doesn't want to help, they're the world's only hope. Any questions? Uh, yes. Are these assignments going to just keep getting more and more terrible? Mission Rejected is a monthly full-cast comedy adventure. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, Jenny, thank you very much for being here today. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Um, would you like to share with the listeners where you can be found on the internet? I can be found if I have a YouTube channel. That I plugged in the beginning. Uh, just type in Jenny the Geek in R. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, Jenny the Geek, well, at Jen the Geek. And if you'd like, you can follow my other Twitter account called at Jen's Free Heroes that offers public domain alternatives to copyrighted characters if you want to, like, get your fanfiction more legit. <laughs> Like, yeah, um, you can also, you can check out our, my podcast, Cartoon Contrast Broadcast, which we compare and contrast and talk about these animated reboots and remakes of things. Like, last was the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Panthers Rage, I think, versus the Black. So, you want to check that out, <laughs> you can. And we'll be bringing it back soon. But yeah, that's enough plug. <laughs> All right. And Lindsay, where can we find you? Um, I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A. And you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I boot you first, then they're pronounced Avengers? Assemble! You can also email us at not if I reboot you first at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite fourth string Marvel hero or villain. <laughs> That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we love being surprised. We want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, Theo, Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all. Uh, that being said, we're not really promoting our Patreon at this moment because it's been a rough year for every single person. Um, and there's more important things to spend money on. If you're able to spend your money, we'd really rather you put it towards uh, grassroots charities and mutual aid causes so you can help each other out in this hell of a world we live in. That being said. If you do want to support this podcast in a way that doesn't involve money, then you can leave a rating and review for us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you're not on your podcatcher of choice, then let me know and I will try and get us in there. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the awesome shows to share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. We also have a Corner Podcast Discord, the link of which can be found on Twitter or in the, uh, what is, where is it? In the episode description. <laughs> And if, if for some reason that link isn't working, just DM one of the people from the Porkhorn Podcast Network. So that's me or Lindsay, or it's Christina, who does Faithful, and she does Loser Like Me with myself, and she does Home for Viruses. Just talk to us, and we'll get you into that Discord. Um, and last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptcatw.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact me if you'd like music of his own for your own. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Tanner. Do you have a hint for next week? Why, yes, I do. Next week, we're going to be following the adventures of a young woman named Victoria Winters, who is looking to find answers to her past. Her journey that will bring her to a strange and dark place, to the edge of the sea, high atop Widow's Hill, a house called Collinwood, a world she's never known with people she's never met, people who tonight are still only shadows in her mind, but will soon fill the days and nights of her tomorrows. Yay, we're back on our soap opera bullshit. Yay! <laughs> All right, so until next week, Jenny, thank you once again. Oh, and you're welcome. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time, but not if we reboot you first. Bye.